welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the internet's best radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about a new album from Hand Habits called Fun House, and the first song is called More Than Love. track as I did and thought, wow, this guitar and drum sounds a lot like the War on Drugs. Meg Duffy, who is the main force behind Hand Habits, is a multi-instrumentalist who has played with the War on Drugs, part of Kevin Morby's band, Way's Blood, a number of different artists. And this is the side project that is their solo work. Yeah, it is such a delightful jump back to the 80s. And I appreciate, though, that I feel like the war on drugs goes to the 80s and mines a certain sound. And I feel like here they're using the same toolbox, but coming up with a very different version. And I feel like it it feels le- less moored in the time. Like I feel they're using the tools, but making something that feels modern. And yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a one note shtick. And I feel like this is probably the most 80s sounding track on the record too. So if you're a little bit hesitant for this particular flavor of nostalgia, I would not be concerned. <laughs> and it is a great show off though, that there's this mixture of fun sounds. I think the entire, the song starts with just this one, uh, either really high bass or really low guitar note with this super almost surfy echo on it. And that just continues through the entire song. You can, I mean, the section we played is from the middle of the song and you can barely hear it there just in your left ear but it really anchors things even as things get so emotional there is this you know sense of a, a through line and it is a fun impressive introduction to the album prior hand habits music had been more of an indie folk kind of sound 
And it turned out that Meg Duffy was living in the same house with Sasami Ashworth, who I think we've done on the podcast as a, a solo artist, who does a lot of production, and Kyle Thomas. And Sasami was working with Kyle Thomas on a record, and Duffy heard them through the floor of, like, sounding this sounds really cool. And it was during the pandemic, so their options were kind of limited as how to make this album. And so ended up collaborating with Ashworth and Thomas. And Sasami was their good friend. So it was kind of a more natural evolution of really pushing them to make a different kind of record with a more varied sound. And I know in one interview that I read with Duffy, they were saying that, you know, Sasami would kind of say, well, is this something, do you not like this because you actually don't like the sound or because it's outside of your comfort zone and kind of pushing them outside of their comfort zone to make different kinds of music. And so for that reason, this album sounds a lot more varied. And I think that is exemplified by one of the singles, which is the second song called Aquamarine. this song is because its textures are so pop that the first bunch of times I listened to it I did not realize that it is completely bonkers structurally and also has this great pizzicato string section just hiding in amongst all the synths so it's a really unexpected and pretty fantastic track i think it was a good choice to have as a single because it's that in immediate kind of oh this has got a beat and kind of synthy fun and yet it's has this darkness and real epic scope within it and i love the way that it starts out with duffy's vocals really high in the mix and then it, they kind of fade down a little bit and the rest of the synths and the other instrumentation comes up and it really flows beautifully yeah i think it is a case of a clearly the Sasami Ashworth as producer, I mean, the, the just the general sound of it. And then you look at the credits and it's like, oh, string arrangements, drum machines. And this, of course, has the strings. It has the extreme drum machines. But these the drum sounds, while very synthetic and very noticeably so, to me, never cross that line into being just ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure what the instrument, that if it's just a synth, the doon, 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 
but that is yeah. so it's repetitive but it really it does it's not annoying it really just holds the song together yeah I, again it's it's using pop techniques but for something that I, I i don't think anyone could call this a pop song and it's so dark uh daffy has said in interviews that their mother had addiction issues and killed herself when Duffy was four years old and then was eventually adopted by an aunt. But this song was inspired by receiving a bunch of letters from a distant cousin about what their mother had been like. And I think there's a line that like, I, I didn't know she played guitar till I was 27 and just kind of like looking back on who that person was and how it informs um, their identity now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. the the, the There's not, much repetition here like i usually try to do like first chorus first chorus and it's all over the place and really the only through line is that initial sort of suicide lost a life and then that is rhymed with who am i who am i and so that search for identity and trying to build <laughs> build a life in adulthood which i uh, never easy but especially in the in the uh, in the aftermath of tragedy especially hard so after this we go to another uh I think the only explicitly labeled collaboration or a guest performer on the track on this album rather, which is called Just to Hear You featuring Perfume Genius. genius that is also a band that duffy has played with okay well it makes sense this sort of collaboration and also this is someone who gets around but then the clear versatility as a performer that they're able to hey have a lovely singing voice mm -hmm. with a fair bit of versatility and then able to do 80s style rock guitar able to do and then on this track we've got this like i think a nylon string kind of very almost classical vibe which is a nice counterpoint with like, almost like like bongos or congas, like these very kind of Latin jazzy sounding mm -hmm. drums. And then I don't know what that is, that slide guitar or some kind of synth or theremin. I don't know, some crazy going well, on in those in that chorus. I know that Duffy played slide guitar on the War on Drugs track. I can't remember which one. So they do play slide guitar. Yeah, but it sounds so, yeah, it sounds so, so, sounds so unreal. But yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, you can do not all of these different guitar styles and make them all work. And then here two that don't make sense together mm -hmm. played together in the song. And it sounds fantastic. Perfume genius, an artist I've never super gotten the hype, mm -hmm. but you know, 
bringing such a lovely, rich voice counterpoint in this song. It's yeah, it's so a, it just has such a, a warmth and a sweetness to it. Yeah, it's a really beautiful duet. And it's produced in such a way that the vocals just are so clean and high in the mix. It just really highlights both of their voices. Yeah, I mean, it is obviously it's a sad song. I feel like this, this is not a you know, happy, fun album, but you know, it's sad, but sweet. The sense of finding transcendence and hopefully some wisdom through hard times, a kind of a through line here. I do really appreciate though that, you know, there's this kind of weird spoken word interlude in for the bridge that goes on for quite a while. And it is so like the words themselves seem to be someone uh, trying to figure stuff out. And yet sonically, it's almost like this disc, you know, erratic, like wind chimes and then the voice is whispered and it's in the right ear and the left ear and kind of, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're in a conversation with themselves mm-hmm. in a way that is very disorienting. And it's, it makes for this otherwise very pretty song to have a little bit of a, a bitterness that I think without that though, it would be a lesser song. Speaking of sad, but sweet, the next song we'll play is called Graves. And is that all you got? Just a hole in a song And you fill it with what went wrong How can you say that life will last long? Oh, 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 oh. Don't give a credit to rubberized guitar played by Meg Duffy and I was not familiar with that that it's an instrument or a technique that's been coming back into vogue lately apparently where the bridge on the guitar is wrapped in rubber and it's kind of an old style thing that some people are adapting now and it gives it a really muted pretty soft sound yeah that's what I think I misidentified as a nylon string but apparently you Uh. can get a similar kind of sound by yeah rubberizing the bridge which is very cool Unsurprisingly, given how stripped down the sound here is that these are the shortest credits on the album. And I also want to shout out to Hand Habits for including per track credits because there's so much interesting instrumentation Mm -hmm. here and you actually have a a chance of figuring it out. So here we get a lovely backing vocal from Sasami Ashworth and it is so sweet and high, never drowns out McDuffie. It's, yeah, this album is subtle for my taste. Like I like I like music that's maybe a little more grabs your attention. And this took a few listens because mm-hmm. it's subtle mm-hmm. and, and I'll just, but it is worth that effort. And here, yeah, this is that lovely stripped down. And then you get just that little piano texture slinking in and it makes this yet another. It's so pretty that I'm willing to hang out with these sad emotions <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, and we're going by the digital version of this record, but if if you get the vinyl version, apparently this is the last track, and it's arranged in a little bit different way for the digital, which I think is an interesting choice. The digital version also has a 
a bonus track called Bigger World, which we we're going to treat Control as the last <laughs> song, which I think is is the official last song. Yeah, but it, it that is an interesting choice. And I, I, I don't know if has Meg Duffy talked about why one would because it seems like track order is such a sort of important element yeah. of the experience of the album. At least that's kind of our philosophy. We tend to do the tracks in order because if you listen to the album in order, but maybe it is that it's just like, oh, it's almost like an album remix. Like you get this one emotional journey by listening to them in this order. And who knows, we should try listening to the LP order sometime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except so, we don't have a working record player. Yeah, but you can do these things called playlists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun, you know, trying to add depth here and there. And it is, I think, a, a sweet attempt. I do appreciate that there are some songs that really go big and go for a big sound though on this album. And that is where I would put this next track. It's called False Start. I saw you at the top. this fondness for this song on this album where we have a blend of kind of some stuff that's folky and some stuff that's poppy a little bit of 80s rock here we get this orchestral very cinematic intensity in these choruses and the contrast between the kind of country vibe of that verse and then the -the over-the-top emotional intensity of the chorus I'm a sucker for that and I feel like there's some you know unexpected chord changes as well that really just give it a that even more emotional punch yeah it's a really great track Sasami Ashworth did the string arrangements and they add so much depth and I believe that because this was recorded during the pandemic the the strings and the horns on this record were all done remotely and so then they got to hear them independently and then hear them in the song and and see how it fleshed out the song so so in such a lovely way yeah, and it's yeah, I love that any song like this where you do have the sound of it sometimes I like it where oh the sound is just a the contrast like oh it's a really sound sad song that sounds upbeat, but here I feel like it's a little more straightforward where you have this kind of little bit kind of country, a little bit ironic take on someone else who's maybe not very enthusiastic and then the choruses are all about like I am this passionate, powerful person. God damn it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I believe you. Like, really, <laughs> you have made the point in huge. And then it just, the recurring vocal or the, the, the recurring lyrics are just both so sad and really just angry, but not 
just justifiably like you know, hungry. I was giving it all away and you missed the best part. And there's just, oh, it, I just want them to be happy. Well, and the irony is that they said in an interview that this was inspired by someone leaving before the end of a show and then kind of lying about it and, and saying like, you missed the best part, which was the saxophone solo. <laughs> so it was, you know, part of the lyrics were in part literal. And then, which is great which though. Really yeah. That it's the literal lyrics. And yet it embodies so much about, so much like yeah just let me let me do my let me be me let accept all of me and it's yeah it's a universal message but i love that that's the origin of the lyrics so the next song we'll play is also pretty intense and it's called clean air called Two Trees, which is a lyric from the song, but Duffy thought that sounded too much like a folk album. And you can really hear this song, like an alternate version of this song, being just a quiet acoustic track. But the instrumentation and these arrangements just fill it out so much and make it so much more than it would have been just with guitar and vocal. Yeah, I am always impressed by someone who has you know, a clear artistic vision and yet is not afraid to listen to a friend and just say, hey, these songs could be bigger. Maybe that would be good too. And clearly this is a very successful artistic collaboration between Meg Duffy and Sesame Ushworth. Just really impressive that they both bring such gifts to the table. And the result is, I think, yeah, it's clearly neither one of them alone could achieve this. It's really impressive. Yeah, and it's also one of the upsides of the pandemic has been we get records like this. And Duffy has talked about the fact that they played with Kevin Morby's band for four years and he really tours a lot. And so there weren't a lot of breaks. And so their previous albums were written and recorded just in these small intervals of downtime. And so being forced to stop touring and and performing and not having really anything else to do, I think gave them an opportunity to really sit with these sounds and write them and collaborate, you know, with Sasami and really fill out the sound and take it in a new direction, which maybe they wouldn't have had the time for previously. Yeah, it's a remarkable achievement the and this song in particular is just so kind of sweet and sad and romantic and it's yeah again I, I i am blown away by the depth of emotion and how much these songs sound on the surface like pop songs and yet there's these depths and upon depths in them 
it's uh it's it's intense but worthwhile and as we come into the home stretch of the album hopefully things a little less uh heart-wrenching but uh, what what am i saying they're all heart-wrenching on this next track it's called gold slash rust now everything's covered in because it starts out a little bit deceptively in this hushed and quiet sound and then it gets very chaotic and you you saw the beginning of that with these drums and it, it just like a lot of repetition of the vocals and it just kind of goes crazy but it's a really cool song yeah i love that yeah there's the repetition the fact that that second verse which is not short is then just recapitulated at the end of the song verbatim except with completely different instrumentation and in between them is i feel like it's mostly a pretty restrained album but on this track it's just like hey everyone go nuts drummers and percussion go nuts i'm gonna do a crazy guitar solo and it, slide guitar yeah the slide guitar it sounds so great and it is so energetic and i love how the drums like the the bass drums that just feel like this approaching storm Mm -hmm. and then the storm is the everything's covered in gold which sounds great except in the context of the song like i guess maybe not so great (laughs) and uh yeah it is remarkable every track on this record has managed to trick me things that sound like pop are actually crazy art things that seem soft are actually super intense it's the entire thing has a real driving rhythm but it is not you know, I, I've seen reviews or interviews talking about like, oh, it's got this like danceable rhythm. Well, not, not really. Like it's a driving rhythm, but it's very unsettling. Yeah, everything is so has such a great energy. And I had heard Hand Habits music before, but it didn't really grab me. And I feel like this album has that missing piece of just the energy and the variety, you know, along with Duffy's really incredible voice and instrumental prowess and then combined with Sasami Ashworth's arrangements it just all comes together and I feel like this is a real leap forward in terms of hand habit sound yeah it's really impressive and not least is that power though of someone who hey I'm gonna put out a couple of records like oh this one's pretty homemade this next one's maybe a little more produced but people notice and so you're able to bring in these amazing collaborators from other really accomplished bands other accomplished producers and mixers and get this super rich sound i love how if you just look at the album wide credits and like 
half of the people on the credits are also doing vocals. So there's, you know, they're very, have a great voice and yet so willing to say, hey, come on, bring in more, make this even more powerful. I don't, you know, there's not a lot of ego here. It's really great. Yeah, you really get the sense of someone who has made a career out of being sort of a, a band member and a session musician and playing all these different instruments in other people's bands and kind of bringing their visions to life has allowed them to have the gift of being able to absorb others' influences in a way that create this cohesive sound that is entirely Duffy's own and but it draws on so many great collaborators and influences yeah yeah it it took a few lessons for me it might take a few lessons for you I would say that it is worth it yeah I I, I really liked this album more than I expected to and I I highly recommend you go listen to the whole thing so we're going to go out with the last song called Control. And I have to mention that this is yet again, an, yet another song that we're doing or another song on an, another album we're doing for the podcast that features Adam Schatz of Landlady on saxophone. And I feel like he plays on, he has played on so many of the albums we've talked about. Anyway, so the last song is called Control. And we've been discussing the Hand Habits record, Fun House. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thank you so much for listening. Taking off all your clothes You turn to me and say Don't let it get out of control You're the only one who's ever member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcast.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever